Bible with you, if you could, to, to uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 47 and 48. We read this verse last week, but this right here, if you're to boil it down, what does it mean to be a, a Christian? What does it mean to be a, a follower of Jesus, a disciple? Like, like um, how, would you, how would you describe that person? And I think that Jesus gives the best description right here. And, and this is important because a lot of people have different definitions and understandings of what it means to be a Christian. Sometimes they, uh, someone would say, well, it's, it's someone who's a member of a church or adheres to a certain set of religious beliefs or somebody who is just a good person who believes in God. Or maybe it's someone who is a very you know, sacrificial giver and they demonstrate love. And all those things could be uh, characteristics of a, of a Christian, but none of those make you a Christian. None of those truly make you a follower of Jesus, someone who is solid in their relationship with him. You see, he's not just called us to make church attenders or people who are acknowledge God. He's called us to make disciples. A disciple is someone who follows the master. And Jesus gave the description of what that looks like here in, John, in Luke chapter 6, verse 47. And it is really the foundational verse for us as a church. And if you would read this together, verse 47, and then we'll get into 48, out loud from the screen, we'll fill this place with the word of God. Let's do it. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I'll show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. Jesus says, there's three steps if you want to be solid. There's three steps if you want me to truly be your Lord. And the verse preceding that, he said, why would you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? And that's, what the, pro- that's the problem that the world has with Christians anyways. Because we look at him, we say, you, you call Jesus Lord, but, but when, I, when I, you know, the three Bible verses I know or whatever, uh, I don't see you living those things out. And Jesus sometimes says the same thing. Hey, the, you know, the, all these sayings of mine, you're not living it out. But if you want to be a, someone who is solid in your relationship with me, let me tell you how to do it. You got to, number one, come to me. Number two, hear my sayings, and number three, do them. And if you, if you follow that process, you're like someone who's building a house, and it's going to be a great house. And, and I love that he uses the word building instead of built, because in the next verse, he says, he who came, heard, but did not do is like a man who built. So he makes a distinguishing, uh, uh, he distinguishes between someone who built versus someone who's building. The person who, who is building, they're always in process, and they're always going back to the master builder, coming to him, hearing his sayings, and doing them. And we recognize, in my life, I've, I'm never complete. I'm always in need of you, Jesus. I always need a fresh word from heaven. I always need to position myself to where I'm desperate for God. I'm building my house. I'm not done yet. But the person who came and heard but did nothing is like a man who built his house on the earth without the foundation. He didn't dig deep. He built it. He said, I'm done. I I did my duties. I said my prayer. I heard the scripture. I gave my two cents. I did these different things. I'm done. And then when you want to come and 
and, and, and you bring a word of God or, 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 or some instruction or, or direction or anything like that, they don't hear it. They don't want to listen. They don't want to act on it because I'm fine how I am. And, and if you don't act on the word of God, it's because you feel like you are fine how you are, yeah. right? I don't need to change. I don't need to adjust my life to line up with your words because I'm just fine without you. Speak to me, entertain me, make me feel good, assure me, but I don't want to adjust myself to follow you. And so that is the man who built, they're done. The problem with that is when the flood, the, the, the flood arises and the stream beats vehemently against that house, immediately it falls and great is the destruction of that house because it had no foundation. You see, the foundation in life is not in the coming to Jesus. The foundation is not in the hearing his sayings. The foundation is in the doing it. And that's what makes all the difference between someone who is a disciple or follower of Jesus versus someone who simply names the name. You can come and hear a great sermon, and we all hear the same message, and people throughout the world on today are hearing the word of God. They're coming to Jesus, they're hearing his sayings, but Monday's coming. Heck, the ride home is coming, right? The, the discussion over where we eat is coming, and then waiting in line, and then the Baptist got out earlier than, than us, and now they're, they, they're filling up the restaurant, there's no place to sit, right? And then, you know, that's where the do comes in. Come, here and do, am I going to walk in love? Am I going to honor and prefer others? Monday shows up, and you know Monday, I can't really talk too much about Monday traffic out here, so I won't talk about that. Sometimes people ask me, how long does it take to get to church? Well, for me, I drive 30 miles. It's worth it, by the way. And, uh, and that's with no traffic, it takes me 30 minutes. With traffic, it takes me 30 minutes and 30 seconds. I mean, that's how it is out here if there's a deer in the road. But sometimes you show up Monday and the stuff that you thought you solved on Friday uh, got unsolved and it all fell apart. And then your week can start off like that. And instead of coming back to Jesus right there to hear his sayings and what do I do now? How do I act? How do I respond? How do I lead? How, you know, how do I talk to so-and-so or correct course and so forth? We take the matters into our own hands or we just you know, go look in other places or we get frustrated and blow up or whatever it is. You know, life can be like that. And Jesus is calling us not to be someone who simply hears only, but does the word. Then we're faced with opportunities in life to really minister to other people and to reveal who Jesus is and why he came. And, and so we come to church and we hear about the power of God, the love of God, the compassion and his plan. But when it comes time to interacting with people, are we going to do? Are we going to deliver the goods, right? Are we going to take what we've learned and pass it on? Are we going to take the power he's given us and use it to transform someone's life? That's the doing part. I've got a great testimony. I want you to watch this video here of a mother and her daughter living this out. Let's turn our attention to the screen. Just this past summer, we had been praying, me and my husband, for all the, all the kids in our house. Um, because they were going to be heading out to um, youth camp. And we just started asking the Lord to prepare them 
just for the school year to come. They're in public school. They deal with a lot of things. And they came back different. There was a definite freedom I saw in them and just preparing them for the new school year. So at school one day, um, I was actually talking to my friend and she mentioned that her mom was going into surgery to remove one of her breasts because she was recently diagnosed with breast cancer. And so later that day, I went home and told my mom about that. And I said, let's pray. So we, in the morning, pray before the kids go out. So we prayed and we just started praying for um, her schoolmate's mother from that point on. My friend actually told me like a few weeks later that her mom's cancer actually spread, that the surgery didn't really help that much. And I told my mom this and so she asked me for her mother's phone number and she immediately told the mom if we could go and lay hands and pray with her. So it was on a Wednesday and the mom got back with me about 10 a.m. She said we can come over that evening. Um, and it was youth night, so I told Michaela, do you want to go with me or do you want to go to youth? She said, I want to go with you, Mom, to pray over the mom. Started ministering to the mom, and then I said, okay, it's time to pray. And as I prayed, I was, of course, declaring the word, saying, you know, by your, in Isaiah 54, by your stripes, you are healed in Jesus' name. And then Michaela closed, and I went ahead and told her, Michaela, do you want to pray? Uh youth I knew that they were talking about just going out in boldness that we don't have to be like um, preachers and like pastors like Pastor Luke that we can be um, godly in our own way and that God will just speak to us in the moment we don't need to have all the fancy bells and whistles to um, just reach out and touch people so I just declared healing over her and told her that she needs to step out in faith and believe that she is healed and that we all believe that she's healed and she has nothing else to worry about, that her kids don't have to worry about losing their mom, that they'll know that God was the healer and it wasn't me and my mom that did it, that it was just God using us as vessels to heal her. And I just stood in awe because I was saying, here I am as a grown adult watching my daughter walk in the calling that we're all called to be. And even I was saying I couldn't give you an answer that, hey, you're gonna go to the doctors and you're healed. A Couple weeks later, um, she came and she said, mom, guess what? And I said, what? She said, Sarah told me her mom was fully healed. They couldn't find the cancer. That when um, we knew that she was gonna be going to get retested and these um, biopsies, and she said that they couldn't find the cancer. That's amazing. I already knew that she was going to be healed because we just declared it and walked out in faith because I already knew in my heart that God had healed her because um, of us just declaring it over her instead of just um, putting it behind us and like not really focusing on that she was healed and that God did it. Amen. Amen. So this family here is from one of our campuses. And uh, what I love is, here they are, they, they ran into somebody, not at church, but they just heard about their situation, and they took what they learned, they took what they heard, came to Jesus, heard, and then they went out and did it. And I love this high school student getting out and doing it as well. You know, we don't babysit our kids here. We don't, we don't babysit them while while the adults get to be in church, but we're teaching them to believe God. And, and I'm reminded when I watch that, man... We, we, need, we need to develop our 
junior high and high school ministry as well and reach these guys and, and fill, get them filled with faith and, and the Spirit of God so that they're running at, you know, into people that are going through hard stuff as well. And when their response is, I'm going to pray for you and lay hands on you and, and Jesus is going to take care of it, that right there is powerful, isn't it? And that's, that's what God has called us to do. Hebrews 13.8 says this. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, he hasn't changed. He's like, if I could be better, I would, but I can't, so I don't need to. Like, he's got it all together. And he's, he never changes. His character is perfect. His power is perfect. His ways are perfect. He has no lack. He has no, no insufficiencies by any means. He is all in all, and he never changes. And so what you read about in the Bible is what he, how he is today. And what you see him doing there is what he's doing today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. That means that, that though that scripture was written nearly 2,000 years ago, forever is ever, right? Forever just keeps going on. And we're in the midst of that, and you just see how he's at work right in our midst today. And this is who he's called us to be and what he's called us to do. If you look in your Bible to Acts chapter 10, verse 38, I want to read this passage to you. In fact, if we back up a little bit to verse 36, it says, the word which God sent to the children of Israel. This is Acts chapter 10, verse 36. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That word, you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism, which John preached. Notice he says this. He says, that word was proclaimed. So it wasn't just what Jesus was doing in person, but it's the word that is being proclaimed because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so even Jesus was a preacher preaching faith. So he didn't simply go and demonstrate and just say, hey, everybody, just line up and I'm going to go, I'm going to do some stuff. But he taught them the word of God so that faith would come alive in their hearts. And so that, that word was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began in Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. This is the message that was being preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power and who went about doing good. Everybody say, doing good. When Jesus is in the place, he's doing good. Sometimes people think that God's against them. And when, when they come into uh, interaction with believers or, or Christians or those who would name themselves to be Christians, they come away with a bad taste in their mouth. And it shouldn't be that way. Right. It shouldn't be that way because when Jesus would come into the house, he would do good. He said he went about doing good and something else and healing all who are oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit. That means this, the Holy Spirit came upon him, and as a result of that, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. Everyone he was ministering to, he lacked no power to bring healing and deliverance to them. He was always able and willing to bring healing and deliverance, to do good on their behalf. And this is important because God is doing good on your behalf. 
and on my behalf. He's always at work for my good and your good. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, right? The Father of lights, with whom there's no shadow of turning. There's no variation. There's no degree of a little bit of shade for you. No, full light, full exposure to all the blessings and the promises and the goodness of God. There's a, a preacher by the name of Oral Roberts, and he used to preach that, that God is good and God loves you. He used to because he's, he's gone on to be with God now. But there were people who were offended that he would preach that God is good and that God loves you and that God loves the sinner. <laughs> they, they would be offended at that because we know that when you're in sin, you're in opposition to God, and God is not uh, working uh, with you and blessing your sin. We understand that, but he is working to get you out of that. And he's working to get you free from it. And he loves you in the midst of it. And he won't love you anymore when you're fully, you know, standing in his throne room in heaven. He won't love you anymore then to, versus when you're rejecting him here on earth. He loves you just the same. God uh, never changes. And Jesus would go about and he would do good and he would heal all who are oppressed of the devil. See, the problem in our world, it's broken. And the problem in our world is the sinfulness of man in the heart. And the problem is that the devil has been given free reign and he's called the God of this world. But now there's somebody with a greater authority that can resist him. And Jesus comes onto the scene and he starts doing that. But then he doesn't stop there because he passes that on to us. So he's not here in person, but his work and his power is still available on earth. And it's at work through us. And this is what he's called us to do in making a difference. Why are we doing what we do? Why do we come together? Is it to just simply come to Jesus? Is it to simply hear his word? No, it's, it's to come to hear so that we can do, and we can do the things that he's called us to do. Amen. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to open the, 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 uh, the eyes of the blind, to bring out those captives, right? The, the uh, set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to, to declare the acceptable year of the Lord or the year of the Lord's favor when all debts are forgiven, when, when all land is returned, when all slaves are set free. That was what he's referring to. Jesus is the embodiment of the, the fulfillment of God's promises. Everything that we have need of, everything that we long for, the one solution that God has is in Jesus. That's why he says, come to me, hear my sayings, and do them. Because there's a world out there that's hungry and thirsty and in desperate need for the work of God to be demonstrated in their lives, for Jesus to come into their town, in their neighborhood, into their house, into their job, into their school, and do some good. And you know what you are? You're Jesus. You're Jesus. Now, somebody might be thinking, well, is this one of those weird churches? Like, well, we may be weird, but not because we're like that. Like, there may be other weird things. You saw some of us who got up here earlier. There's weirdness all, all about, but not like weird, weird. But what I'm saying is this. You're, you're like Jesus with clothes on. That might be a bad description, right? You are <laughs> Jesus. You are 
God is at work in you. Like you may be the only Jesus somebody ever meets because, because he's in you. In other words, you know, like the presence of God, the love of God, the word of God, the authority of God. You're, you're not Jesus. You're a follower of Jesus. You are a copy of the original, right? You're, you, are, you are made in his image and you're recreated as a new, a new creation in Christ. You carry the very presence of the Lord, the love of God with you, the power of God with you. That's who God's called you to be. That's what he's called us to do. He's called us to go about doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the enemy. And then that last part of that verse here in Acts chapter 10 says this, we are witnesses of all things which he both did in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. We're witnesses to this. That's what God's called us to do. Be a witness. Be a witness to it. Witness it yourself. Embrace it. Let it impact you. And then go be a witness to others of what he's done. 